Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Casey Kelly is the Product Marketing Manager for Articulated Dump Trucks at John Deere. Throughout her time at John Deere, she has worked in corporate communications, project management, and portfolio planning for products in the construction industry. In her current role, she flexes her product knowledge and strong relationship skills, working with contractors, dealers, and other industry leaders to deliver smarter, safer, and more sustainable construction equipment. Casey is passionate about growing the voice of women in the construction industry and has created internal initiatives to bring customers to John Deere to share their stories and experiences in order to develop a deeper understanding of women's needs. Casey, I love everything about this. (laughs) Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I want to start by asking you to share about John Deere. Tell us more about it. I think it is a household name. Everyone knows of it. It is right? literally tattooed on people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say that on the coast, there are definitely people who might not encounter it as much and might need a little more explanation. It's not just a tractor company, right? Absolutely. So um, we are coming up on 200 years um, in existence, our company, we are based out of Moline, Illinois. That's where I'm based, although we have 100 locations globally. Um, We are in the business of construction, forestry, road building. Um, We have supporting organizations that are financial organization, a tech um, organization that helps us to develop uh, solutions. We have over 100 product lines, as well as all of those supporting businesses. It is really an awesome place to work. I mean, you get to see, I started my career working on combines, um, which you would see during harvest season, going through the, uh, going through corn, soybean, rice um, fields, and our work goes all the way to vineyards where people are using our tractors. Um, Now I'm on our construction side and we're literally moving the earth. So it's awesome. Uh, Someone, I was with a customer a few weeks ago and they said, everything that we use and interact with comes from the earth. It's either grown Mm -hmm. or mine. Mm -hmm. And it was like they drew a little box for John Deere, right? Anything that's grown or mined comes from Mm -hmm. the earth. And that's absolutely what we do. Um, And so it's it's an exciting place to work because there's so much we can learn from each other internally Mm -hmm. and borrow from each other in terms of technology and things that we bring. So um, it's it's exciting. I, I love the company. I've been here 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. I, when, when I got, I first got an email from Shelby, mm-hmm. who is at your company. And she is the one who reached out to me originally to tell me about your initiatives. And I was actually in Costa Rica and I, I looked at, I, I got her, her message. I was in the car. I was in a really rural area and I looked at my message and I looked up and I was driving by a giant John Deere sign and dealer. <laughs> It was just right there. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. This is a sign. It's literally a sign. (laughs) It is literally a sign. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Sometimes, you know, we travel uh, 
there's a lot of John Deere people that travel for our jobs. And sometimes we're very deliberate about not wearing our logoed shirts because you can get on an airplane and someone will want to talk to you about their lawn tractor or whatever their connection <laughs> is with John Deere, which yeah. you may be completely unqualified to talk about. And, you know, you're left with thank you for your business. We're so you know glad you've chosen us. Yeah. I'm sorry about the technical challenge you had or yeah. whatever that might be. But sometimes if you want to go low profile, you just leave your cover up your logos. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about your own background and how mm -hmm. you came to work at John Deere. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I've been here for 10 years, um, but did not start in the agricultural field, did not start in construction. My background is actually in the nonprofit sector. So um, really began early career in the international development space um, and studied and thought that I was going to spend my entire life um, in that space and was working, I fell in love as people sometimes do. And that brought me to the Quad Cities, which is you know where I am today. And as I looked around for opportunities here, found myself in more local and regional nonprofits. And I worked for the American Red Cross. And one of the amazing things about John Deere, here I am again, waving that flag, is that we are so engaged in the community. John Deere gives us the ability and the finances and the resources to go out in the community and volunteer. So as a employee at the Red Cross, I encountered a lot of John Deere employees and hmm. um, someone got in my ear on a day that I was um, thinking I, it might be time for a change and they got in my ear and the stars lined up and I came into John Deere to work in communications. And I worked in internal communications on our in our agricultural division. And if you think about our, we have over 74,000 employees around the world. And so in order to keep them all moving in the same direction towards the same goals, you need to help tie them back to their purpose and their story and our key initiatives. So, you know, as an example, quality is absolutely one of our core values. It's something we live and breathe every day. It's not my job to tell you about how we've changed the, the process on the manufacturing side, but it is my job in communications to make sure you understand why we're doing that and the mm -hmm. cost to our customers when they have downtime, um, what it means to their operations when we don't hit quality. So building those stories and making sure our employees are all working on the right things um, is was really what that role was about. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and grew through that and switched over after about five years to our construction side and have absolutely loved meeting our customers, working with our dealers, um, working in this space that is that is so important to our infrastructure in our, in the United States and Canada. What was that like at first moving into from your, the nonprofit or communications side of things into the construction area? Was it very different? You know, I would say for me, it wasn't that challenging um, because when I came over, I was still doing, pro I was doing project management. So I was using, you bring with you the skills you have. Um, and someone once told me any role you take, you're only about 70% qualified for maybe. And your 70% is always going to look different than someone else's 75%. So maybe someone mm -hmm. would have come to this role with more of a technical background. I came to it more from that relationship, mission-based background. So Either way, we've all got a gap. Just play to the strengths you have and don't try to don't try to worry about those those strengths that you don't have. And that was really freeing for me to think about mm -hmm. the value I could bring to a role out even if I hadn't come from a manufacturing or engineering background. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I felt what I did was I relied on the strengths I had as I as I grew into more and more technical roles, more roles that required me to have more product knowledge, required me to have more industry knowledge, required me to understand what productivity on a job site means. I just just used the skills I had to build on those other skills until I got to a place where I could sit down across from a customer and talk to them about their job site and um, understand exactly what they were saying back Mm -hmm. to me. That's really forward thinking of your company to have that type of encouragement, I think, of employees, because a lot of times as women, we enter roles with a different skill set than maybe a lot of the men there. And historically, it has been undervalued because they're so accustomed. It's just been the way things are done that maybe the technical side of things is that the more um, the more experience is coming from that. So the fact that John Deere was able to share with you, was it, was it, did, did that advice come from John Deere? From someone asking Yeah, that, in, that yeah. came from managers at John Deere, people willing yeah. to give me a chance, people willing to um, help me fill in gaps in my experience. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point. It seems subtle, but when you think about how do we get more women into these roles and into these positions, that is actually a huge part of it, allowing growth in different areas than maybe you're allowing for men that might come into that position. Absolutely. And actually, you know, when we think about that, so my, my current role, and right now I work with specifically articulated dump trucks. Previous to that, I worked in site development. So at John Deere, we try to understand the whole entire system. So if we're looking at how people are moving dirt, um, what, what does that job site look like? What are bottlenecks? What are challenges? What are places they are losing money? And then we can look at what can we contribute, whether that be on a machine level or in a system level. What information and data do you need from your machines to make better equipment or make better decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I go out and talk to customers, I found I had managers that understood I actually could probably get more out of a customer in terms of that valuable information that drives our product knowledge. Um, because their guards were down a little bit with me. Mm. Where was, we didn't have to, we could say what we didn't know. And once you can do that, once you can say what you don't know, you just clear that out of the way. And then we talk about the problems at hand. We talk about the challenges we're all trying to solve. And we're not, um, we're not wrestling to try to establish ourselves. And if you can do that, you can really have valuable, deep conversations pretty quickly. Yeah, that sounds like a really progressive culture. Now, how did you start getting involved at John Deere with the idea of bringing women's voices into the fold in product development? Sure. So I, when I started in this role in site development a few years ago, and I started to go on customer visits and started to notice we have, excuse me, you're hearing me on the end of me regaining my voice at the end of a week. I'm glad Um, you got it. (laughs) Yes. So and we, we bring in what's called customer advisory groups. And those are groups that we come in, um, we might have them very specific for a product. So again, to rely on trucks here, I might say, we're developing this new truck product. I'm gonna fly some customers in. We're gonna have them operate this unit. Tell us, give us very specific feedback on, does it work up to their expectations? What do they like? Do they like where the camera is placed? You know, down to, from the details all the way up to, you know, is this, easy to service, things like that. So we bring groups in quite often for those type of events. 
And I found I was going out and talking to men and we were talking, we were bringing men here to talk to. And there were a lot of women in the room because Deer has a lot of very strong technical women who lead the development of these projects. But we kept talking to men and I thought, I, this can't, we must be missing something. There must be someone out there we're not talking to. I know, um, and not any malicious um, intent there. No one was trying to trying to exclude certain business owners, but we just get into patterns and habits and we call the same customers we're used to calling and we take their referrals to their friends and who do you know that's working in this application. And if we don't challenge ourselves to think outside of that, we're gonna to continue to think we're going to continue to talk to the same people over and over again. So for mm -hmm. us, there's a lot of diversity we're looking for. We want to talk to people in different industries. We want to talk to large customers. There are large aggregate customers that are moving millions of tons of rock a year. There's small customers who are digging basements and all of them are important in the, to the John Deere um, ecosystem, both their mm -hmm. input as well as their business. So diversity of ge geography, job type, and then of course, throwing in gender diversity, making sure that we're talking to, um, to, to different people about their operations. So to get to your question, I started to notice that we weren't doing that. And I said, I think we're struggling to find ways to do that, to say to our dealers, to say to customers, to ask for what we need. And so we said, we'll just do it. We'll, we will, we will just go all in and we'll bring a group of women here and we'll start to establish those relationships and they will help us to establish other relationships and we'll grow the network the same way we've always grown our network by being welcoming and, and bringing them in. I got full support. There was not, I, I did not hit any roadblocks in the beginning yeah. when I brought this to our leadership and said, I, th I think this is what we need to do. When you look at, you know, women make up 14% of the construction industry, it's growing exponentially, you know, it's, I think it's 64% growth in four years. And the other thing that struck me almost more importantly is companies with gender diverse leadership teams are, are, tend to have better financial performance. Yes. So what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Where are they saving money? Where are they being more efficient? not, you know, not doing rework. Um, what are they focused on that's helping them to have more financial gains? Because ultimately that's what we want to do at John Deere is help our yeah. customers to be more successful. Well, let's listen to some successful customers, right? Um, so did not once hear any blowback on this. So we started this last year, we brought um, 10 customers into our facility um, and talked to them. We didn't talk to them about being women. And that was yeah. the key. Right. I don't, I don't care where you buy your hard hat. I don't care who watches your kids while you dig a hole. Like, what does productivity mean to you? Mm -hmm. What does uptime mean to you? What is most important? And we had, we just got into it so quickly and so deeply. And it just eyes open, popped open. People were astounded. Um, our internal teams were energized and it was it was just awesome. I, I just lost. So, you, did you bring the group of women in to meet with a large group of your team, or just a couple of people? How, how big was the? Group? Yeah. So we structured it, it. We brought them in and had them talk to the subject matter experts. So, if we are talking mm -hmm. about offboard data, I brought in the people that are leading that team to talk yeah. to. So, um, didn't bring them in to just sit on a panel and expound their views on the industry. Brought them in to have actual 
conversations, you know, one-on-one -on -one with the engineer working on a project, um, you know, talking about job site safety. Well, our team working on job site safety is always going to benefit from hearing a customer talk about their expectations. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for us, it becomes they're broad issues, but it allows us to really hone in and slowly yeah. get closer and closer to the right solution. We spend a lot of money on R&D in this company, but not so much that we can spend it on, on every problem that's out there. We need to figure out what are the best problems and how to best solve them. So it was about talking to them very specifically about, about their businesses. So, and we're talking about different areas of product development at mm -hmm. John Deere, but your area is track or yep. your area is dump, dump trucks. Yep. Articulated off-road trucks. Yep. Okay. Articulated. Okay. Articulated off-road trucks. Can articulated dump me? trucks, but. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should know all this and I probably do somewhere in my it's, brain. <laughs> I will tell you it, when you think of construction in the spectrum of construction, yeah. people who use off-road dump trucks are, um, it's a different, it's earth movers, right? It's not yeah. the same as someone who uses drywall, which it, it just as a side note, becomes a little bit of a challenge when you're trying to recruit and find women who um, are in this space and are earth movers. Because mm -hmm. I think when you look at your traditional women in construction organizations and associations, where we have, where women have made a lot of progress might be in more of the engineering side or the project management side or the, um, or home renovation side. And there are a lot of women in this earth moving space, but they're yeah. just a little bit hard. You have to be a little bit more discerning, right? Because mm -hmm. we do need a, we do need feedback on articulated dump trucks ultimately. Mm -hmm. So making sure we have the right woman is right. Women in the room is um, not impossible, but we have to be really intentional. Yeah. And I think it's, and it's growing as we talked about it, mm -hmm. all the different areas are growing. So it becomes more and more important to take these voices into consideration. Are you able to give us any examples of maybe something that you learned that um, made you change the, the way that you were thinking about what you were creating? So I think one thing that I thought was really interesting and we just had our second event this this year. So this was our second annual event. We brought another, this time we brought nine customers in. But with both groups, operator training was really important. So we mm -hmm. often talk about labor challenges in the construction industry and the challenges of bringing in new people. But there were two things that really came out. One was operator training and, and how do we make a career path for someone once they get here? Mm -hmm. um, and also being really open to how we recruit people, different people, um, people that aren't as acclimated to the construction industry. So when you think about that from an OEM or from John Deere's perspective, where do we play in that space? It's not specifically us going out there and helping to recruit people to, to work mm -hmm. in construction. Um, but then it comes to us on how do we make the machine easier to operate? A truck is a really good example of a very large piece of equipment um, that is often operated by the most, the least experienced operator on the job site. So you have someone that just came in. I rode around with a woman and she had the week before had been doing ear, piece, ear piercing at Claire's in the mall. I mean, kudos to her for getting yeah. in the construction industry and getting in this truck and like, you know, operating it like a boss. Mm -hmm. But how can I make that truck both as productive as the owner of that job site needs it to be, or the owner of that business needs it to be, and also, quite frankly, protect it? And that's not just from 
a woman that worked at Claire's, it's from any operator, is I need to keep the job site safe and I need to keep that machine up and running. So things like um, tire pressure, tire tire mm-hmm. pressure sensing so that we know if we don't have the right tire pressure, which can have a, a huge impact on um, productivity and on downtime because you could both lose fuel efficiency as well as you know, pop a tire, which is going to mm-hmm. put your machine down. So I think you asked for specific feedback from this group, but you know, in the broad, when we start to hear things about labor challenges and we translate that back to, you know, if, again, really specifically back to a truck, I think, what does my truck have to have to make that person most successful when they walk in mm-hmm. and want them to stay in the truck? I need them to be comfortable. I need it to be easy to operate. I need it to be productive. Um, I need the daily walkarounds to be really easy so that they don't miss anything that could lead to downtime. Um, so that's kind of how we start to peel that back and down mm-hmm. to, to a product development level. And is most of that based on size of the size of the person? And that's the difference when you're talking about women versus men? It That actually is like nothing to do with gender. So it okay. is just the women that we talked about are talking about, and men as well, are talking about retaining talent. How do I get someone into the seat and get them to want to stay there? So how that experience is not as different from a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the conversations with the women that we had were really optimistic about the industry. Mm -hmm. They were not, they didn't feel defeated by the challenges of labor shortage. They felt inspired. What can we do to further build this industry up and bring people into this industry, men, women? Um, yeah, because I mean, it's all connected, right? Like when when you have uh, women coming in to give their voice about what makes them feel more welcome in the industry as far as a particular pieces of equipment, you're, all, you're not just talking about what makes them safer and what makes it easier for them to operate. But you're also talking about retaining talent, mm-hmm. making them feel welcome in the industry, making them feel seen, legitimatized as you know, an equal to others who may not be the same as them in, as far as gender, race, whatever. It absolutely is imperative for us. It, it, there's two purposes to talking to them about their business. One, that's what I want to know about from them. From, from a purely John Deere perspective, I want to know about their business. And number two, they want to talk about their business. They don't mm-hmm. want to, they, they, it can be fatiguing to always talk about being a woman in the business. Mm-hmm. I am a business owner. Mm-hmm. I have to pay for freight charges. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the problem I'm thinking about today, not being a woman in construction. Right. And so um, when we talk to them as business owners, which they are, we are making more progress than we would, than we would make in any other way, I, th- I believe. So in a lot of ways, it's, it's about a difference in perspective and mm-hmm. just different experiences. Uh, and it now becomes when... an internal, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It becomes also an internal, um, there's, there's some internal benefits. One, it's showing our employees, not that hard to find women. We can talk mm-hmm. to women all the time. 
not that hard. They're out there. Here right. they are. Here's a list of them. Right. Because um, that's the argument, right? You can't, there's no pipeline. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's not. Hey, I'm just going to make it, we're going to make it really easy for you. Here's mm. all these women we yeah. found. They're phenomenal. They're moving earth. They're using big equipment. Let's talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is I talked about all these technical women. One of the women on our, uh, our planning team is she was an operator stations engineer. Now she works on our display strategy and for her to know that she's working on a product that's going to be used by someone that looks like her is so powerful and so exciting mm -hmm. and not exclusively, and it's not going to change what she does. It just elevates her excitement about the job because she's yeah. working towards a solution for, that everyone can use. And there's a lot to be said for just the symbolism of it and knowing that she is taken into consideration, her identity is taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. um, can I ask you though, we're talking about identity and, and the idea of um, bring, bringing all different perspectives in. Did this come through a special DEI department at John Deere? No, I'll tell you, John Deere has all the DEI departments. We absolutely have it. We have all the initiatives, the goals, everything there. This was a business decision for John yeah. Deere. You know, it was both a business decision and John Deere's willingness to empower their employees to do things that they absolutely feel passionate about. I feel mm -hmm. passionate about this. The women that I worked with to bring on this event feel so passionate about opening up the doors at John Deere to bring everyone in. Yeah. Um, and John Deere let us do that. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I think throughout this, it's, you know, people say they bleed green, but I'm on our construction side. And so <laughs> I don't talk a lot about the green, um, it's yellow, but <sighs> I think my passion for the company comes from their ability to give space for people to act on things that, especially when they overlap from a business need as well as a passion. And they know that's where they're gonna get the best out of people. Yeah, and I, and I think just the idea that the culture is so welcoming to that, John Deere is great. And I, so my question for you then is women who are not working at John Deere, right? They're working yeah. at other companies, uh, maybe not as good of a culture, maybe, you know, similar culture. What advice do you have for them to start these types of initiatives? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. I, so in product development, I can't make a suggestion for something we should put on a truck that doesn't have a business case. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not no one's listening to me if I'm just thinking, like, wouldn't it be really cool if we added, you know, LED lights all over the cab? No, <laughs> no, no one wants it. So I approach this the same way. And I laid out the business case for why we could do this and what the impact was. And actually, I found myself playing down the DEI component yeah. of it because I, I didn't want it to be dismissed as, as, um, important as our company believes DEI is, I wanted the credibility from all of my male counterparts to say, this is a business decision. These are large customers. They have insight. We're not listening to them. Um, so for me, that was really important. And I would, I would suggest that's an approach that if that makes sense for your company or where you, your place of work, um, that's the way to, that's the way to approach it. We absolutely need to fill in the pipeline in construction. And if we only continue to fill it in with, um, you know, with the people who've been there before, we're not gonna make any changes. And the other thing that I think is really important is um, to surround yourself by other people with the same passion and interest. So for, mm. for me, 
I built a team to help put on this event. And it's been the most phenomenal team of women to work with. And it's been phenomenal because we're not just meeting for a networking. You know, there's lots of, there's lots of like, you know, have coffee, women supporting women, um, phenomenal initiatives within Deer, within the world. I could sign up for 12 such initiatives today and have coffee with 12 different people. But every time this group met, we met for this common cause of doing something we were all passionate about and created a stronger network of support that crossed so many different areas of deer. Um, so I would say building internal support systems for yourself that are based around trying to get something done is has been phenomenal for me and the other so women. You, that, you, that coalition that you built was from all different departments within John Deere? Mm -hmm. Well, it's important for us, and I want to show customers what it takes to deliver equipment. So I'm your product yeah. marketing manager. Um, I I grew up, my parents own a machine shop on the south side of Milwaukee. They grind and flatten metal. And they have about 20, 25 employees. My brother has now taken over. And my dad thinks most of the people, like he scratches his head at the number of people that work at Deer and the different types of jobs and their bizarre titles and like what does that even mean because mm -hmm. everyone at his you know everyone has a function when you're just mm -hmm. you know uh working through 10,000 washers uh but to me I look at my coworkers and I know exactly what they're working on and why they're working on it and what it does to impact our customers and I, I wanted our customers to see everyone who touches their work as well so um that was really important for me to know. There's people out in the field working with our dealers to make sure that you have the parts you need. Um, mm -hmm. There's people working on making sure we're, we have the right prices and, and things like that. So um, it's I wanted I wanted it to be two ways. I want us to be excited about them and them to be excited about us as well. And you mentioned your your dad, your family, your mm -hmm. brother. You have also you mentioned before the show in the notes that you have two kids and a husband mm -hmm. at home. So I know um, you, you probably have a lot of other things going on in your life. Have you been able to involve uh, the kids or your family at all with any of the ideas behind the projects that you're working on? You know, um, I was just talking to my daughter. My daughter is eight and her name is Sadie. And um, was, I was telling her, it was at the end of the day of this event. And I said, hey, Sadie, like I just had an awesome network today. I'm really proud of myself. This idea and project and you know how I always talk about needing more you know, women in this space and we really we made an impact today she said mom do you just go visit job sites when you travel and tell them they need more girls out there yeah I love that I, said, I mean no Sadie you, like, <laughs> no one has ever no one has ever responded to being told what to do directly but yeah. if you can show them how it works and that it matters and that it works um but I love that her idea of like, just go around and tell people what to do. I mean, it's what she does yeah. to me. She tells me yeah, <laughs> well, she gets it. I mean, she gets that. That's the need. And I, by the way, I have a nine-year-old girl, <laughs> so I get that. So you get it. You I get can it. hear her. I can hear that voice in my head. So and I cute. will tell you my son, my four-year-old son, I don't know why he does not think trucks are as exciting as excavators. So I've given up oh. that battle right there. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, and you also mentioned that you have a small business yourself. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Um, so my husband and I completely outside the realm of construction. Um, we own a small uh, improvisational comedy business. So um, <gasps> if you've heard of comedy sports, if you, your listeners are in an area that has comedy sports, um, we own the comedy sports in the Quad Cities. 
Um, it has about a 30 year history. Um, it was started by a family about 30 years ago, has had tremendous success, but they um, now we've taken over ownership in November and have just loved every bit of it. And the conversations about gender live there all the time as well. Yeah. How do we make sure we recruit, uh, recruit, have a diverse cast on stage? We want the kids in our community to come to an event and not just see a bunch of white guys on stage. We want them to see people from, you know, all walks of life so that they can relate and know that that's a space for them. Again, my kids keep me very honest. If there's, if there's a show that doesn't have enough women on it, they're very mad at me. Mm -hmm. um, but we've worked really hard to recruit new players to make sure that we always put women in leadership roles so that they can be seen and our audience sees them as leading, uh, leading in that space. Oh yeah, women in comedy is definitely it's a, a male it's own podcast. Yeah, whole whole another podcast. I'm so <laughs> glad I asked you about this because when I when I did, I I expected you to say you know flowers. Or, I did, I don't know why I didn't. I know I thought it'd be more of a craft hobby for some reason because a lot of people have those kind of businesses. But when you said improv, I was like, did you hear me gasp? Because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you like. Women in construction, I will talk to you about moving dirt with trucks. I will not fix anything. There is no like DIY in my in my blood, even <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's it's so important to be able to, I think like there's a improv comedy has so many skills behind it that you can use in your job, I'm sure, when you're speaking to oh people. And, yeah. And that's like we said, that's a whole other podcast, which we'll have to talk it's about. It's that idea time. of um it's that idea of yes and and, and yeah. just like what can we do what can we what problems can we tackle how can we do it um hearing people's ideas and not having your immediate reaction be well we tried that five years ago or that's not a worthy problem to fix but to say it's worth spending a little bit of time thinking about this problem and deciding if it's something we at john deere can fix yeah yes and being part of one of the main tenets of improv comedy where you say yes, and when the person says something, so you continue the conversation because if you say, tell me if I'm explaining this wrong, but if you say no, or that's not true, or nope, you're shutting down the conversation. It shuts it down. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't get you anywhere as a, as you. So cool. Well, where can our listeners find you, Casey, and how can they reach out to John Deere if they want to get involved in sharing their stories and voices or even finding opportunities to work at John Deere? Absolutely. There are always opportunities to work at Deere. We're always recruiting, especially technical, actually in all places. So please visit, you know, johndeere.com in order to learn more about our company and what we're doing. Um, myself, I'm. you can reach me on social media, Casey M. Kelly on Instagram. Feel free to DM me. I'd be happy to get in touch and talk about anything we're doing in this space. If you're a woman in construction and you want to be part of our initiatives, um, I'm on the road all the time visiting customers. I will come and visit you. We will talk about dirt and rocks and I'll be happy to do it. So cool. Casey, Casey Kelly, product marketing manager for articulated dump trucks at John Deere and leader in bringing the voices of women into product development there. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hazard Girls podcast. This has been a really interesting discussion. It's great to see uh, all the initiatives that you and John Deere are taking. And uh, we even got to learn a little tidbit about you having an improv business. So cool. Thank oh, you. Something happening. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots, 
and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.